Hey guys, welcome back to the Sample Hour. Excited to bring you guys this episode with Mr. Ray Tyler from Rose Creek Farms. Um, recorded this a couple months back with Ray. I've been pretty busy, guys, trying to make this farming business work. Just to figure I'd give you guys an update because I haven't been putting out as many episodes. I have been putting some uh, on Patreon that aren't out yet. I have uh, episode two with Little John. I have... Um, I don't know why I had to think about that, Mr. Alexander Eakins. Um, and I'm posting this one with Ray Tyler today, and I should be getting another failing forward out with Rich um, tomorrow or Saturday. Um, but I'll figure I'll give you guys a heads up. Why I haven't been as consistent? So there's a, there's a few reasons, um, or as Scott would like to say, excuses. Um, but I don't mind making these excuses. So uh, I've been since i have my time guys it's been really nice um and the reason another reason why i want to talk about this is just because ray tyler and i talk a lot about family and uh how his family has like an active role in his business it's it's pretty awesome it's it's very inspiring for me and i think a lot of people that get in this uh, you know this uh small scale farming or if you're even doing part-time farmsteading like a lot of the gsd crew members um, you know, the, you're doing this for a lifestyle. You're not doing it to get rich. I mean, you can make money doing this, but, uh, you know, Ray definitely, and Ray talks about on this show and I, and I know I could, I mean, I could definitely make more money somewhere else. Um, if I just wanted to do sales again and just kind of hate my life and work in a cube, uh, but that's not what I want, man. I, I don't want that for me. And I think a lot of listeners, you guys don't want that either. So at least I hope not. Um, maybe you do. Who knows? So it, it, a big reason why I haven't been as consistent is I've been uh, my uh, two of my my grandparents that I'm very very close with. Um, my grandfather, who was a huge, you know, male role model in my life growing up, and even as a young adult, and even as a man as I am today, you know, I'm still learning from him and. Uh, him and I are super close, and so I've been taking more time to go up there. Uh, Rich moved in, and things are going well. Well, we're getting stuff knocked out. I haven't actually been sharing as many pictures as I probably should on Instagram, um, but we we're, we're chugging along. So we're gonna be getting this uh, structure built for the farm. So I have a washing and drying station, and I thought about slopping something together, um, but then it's just kind of like you know I I own this property now. So my attitudes changed quite a bit. So I want to make sure that what I have is is going to um it's going to last. Or if I want to move it, I'm still going to be able to move it. So that's a cool thing. Um, my good buddy Greg Burns helped me kind of design this little hillbilly these hillbilly buildings that we're going to build. Um, but it's it's going to be nice to have a processing center, have a place to put tools, um, and all that jazz. Um, and yeah, and so then, uh, so I've been spending a lot of time with my grandfather. Went down to uh, family reunion, reconnected with uh, my roots down in Kentucky. A lot of my family I, I'd lost contact with over the years when I was in my hillbilly in denial stage, and uh, and then my healthiest grandmother, um, who I love dearly, who I used to spend summers with when um, my parents were at work. I'd, it's not summers; it's been a few weeks every summer with her. Um, and we're just always been super close. Um, she actually ended up in the hospital too. So I'm not saying this stuff for sympathy. It's just, you know, I'm at that time in my life. My 
my I have a close relationship with my grandparents. They're not getting any younger. You know, they're all in their 80s except for one and um you know, so it's been nice to 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 be able to go up there or to Toledo and or you know and help take my grandfather to appointments and stuff like that. So um podcast has taken a little bit of a back burner. Um, but I, I have episodes I'm going to be putting out. I mean, I, I've recorded, I'm going to, I'm still recording guys. I'm not going to pod fade, which somebody says, I, I really don't like that term for some reason. Whenever I hear it, I just always think, man, that, that word's stupid. I don't know, but this isn't going away. Um, I hope you guys don't mind. I, you know, I still like the emails that I get. Uh, I, I appreciate everybody that supports the show via Patreon um or that likes our affiliates so uh we're gonna get into that in a second um some other updates so i'm now officially uh, out of unemployment money so i it's time to hustle so i'm kind of excited about this guys i think i have been a little bit lazier without that money but also too like i i felt i felt entitled guys i know i i'm a big fan of not being entitled and there's issues with entitlement however I felt entitled and I wanted to enjoy all that unemployment money. So when you're on unemployment, you can't really work. And if you do, they either take your money away or if you do it secretively, they send you nasty gram and say, you owe us all that money back. Not trying to get into that either. So, um, those are like updates. So I, I, I talk to you guys, I mean, all the time, uh, you don't always talk back. I really like when you do. So I figured I'd let you guys know what's going on with me. Um, but everything's really good. So I'm really excited. I'm really looking forward to this season. Um, things aren't panning out the way I thought I did would they would, but that's okay. They never really do. So I did make some headway, uh, with the aggregator. So that's going to be coming out. I'm looking forward to sharing that when that's more there. Uh, Ray Tyler and I, we talk a lot about selling to grocery stores here. Um, you know, Liz talking to Scott last season, looking at my market, not really wanting to to do a lot of hustling with with tracking down chefs, going door to door chefs. I think it's like I'm still going to do that stuff and I I still think people should do that stuff, but it's, you know, what can we do smarter? So, um I invested in some art and some labeling and I'm have uh, my buddy at Podcast Blast off. Well, here's what we'll do. I'll I'll plug people while that have helped me through this whole process so for the affiliate so he is the guy that's behind podcast blast off which i am an affiliate for which the deal still still stands if you if you do sign up be a podcast for podcast blast off via the sample hour i will be more than happy to walk you through everything um and yeah i mean that's so so he's helped me with that he's a very talented artist as well so we're working on labeling for my packaging for um, the sample hour. And I'm going to post Ray's, what he uses in the, for his labels. Uh, I know Curtis Stone put out that label printer um, in one of his videos. And I ended up buying it. And now I'm kind of like, um, I here's the thing. With my retail background, I want my stuff to pop at you. And I want it to look nice in a grocery store. So, and the way we're doing this, like with the, the clamshells and everything, uh, so I, I'm not doing that. So I want it to have a gloss on it, um, which I think the other one does. But I, I like color. Like my logo has some cool color. So I want it to look cool. 
And you know me, guys. I'm all about looking cool. So I'm going to hurry up here because we're almost... i gotta, I got to get through this. I, I don't like making you guys sit through these intros. You know, some of you enjoy them, I'm sure, but I just don't like talking and not talking to somebody else. I know that sounds crazy because of how much I talk, uh, but no, guys, I, I really don't. I'm, so, I'm droning on. See, I just wasted a whole minute telling you guys so I don't like that. And so here we go. So, so let's get into the affiliates. So... Uh, Oh, yeah. So before we get in the affiliates, all the links that Ray and I talk about, they're in the show notes. I'm going to put Ray's link for labels in the show notes. I'm actually working with, um, I'm trying to get a hold of somebody else, a guy that Joel was in the military with. And uh, if I can, hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll put his link once once I talk to him and get that worked out. So everybody else, if, if you're doing labels as well, you can, you can print them out uh, or you can have somebody else make them and ship them to you. Um, now I know there's, there's other people that are printing your own labels. Um, you guys have a way of to do the, the glossy labels that don't get wet and I'm just dumb and I don't know. Hey, feel free to message me. I'm always down guys. So that's something else Ray and I talk about on the show is the importance of us sharing information because we're all in this together. So, uh, affiliates, nature's image farm, Greg's got a few things left. Check it out before they run out. Use code word sample, save 10%. Go to uh, go to Versaland.tv if you want to check out Grant Schultz's free pawpaw course. It's still that cool little GIF, or there's the link underneath in the show notes. Kevin Geary just launched some new stuff today, so he's he's doing memberships now, monthly memberships. I'm still an affiliate. I'm a big fan of Kevin Geary's work. Kevin has actually really helped me out with trying to figure out how I'm going to launch this aggregator. Um, and I'm not in a rush to do that because I want to make, I think, I think there's a, there's a way, a different approach to doing it. And, uh, you know me, I'm a hard headed contrarian. I'd rather, you know, pave my own path in a lot of ways. So he's helped me out a lot with that, but check out his podcast. Great podcast on health and fitness. So, you know, if you don't want to sign up for his coursework, if you're looking to lose weight, or if you want a lot of, you know, somebody that knows how to who has a really good thinking process and can decipher out what's what's good information in health and wellness and what's not because there's a ton of bullshit. Kevin Geary's your guy. Uh, and then finally, if uh, you want to become a, an urban farmer or just a profitable farmer, I'm a huge fan of Curtis Stone's course, um, as you know. So if you click on the first link in the show notes, you can actually save $100 off the course. Or the second link in the show notes is the payment plan. Uh, if you guys want to support the show, you can still click on the link and become a patron. Um, there are There is extra content that is there that is not here yet on this main feed. Or if you just want to give me a one-time uh, uh, donation for support, just click on the link for PayPal. So with that being said, guys, I hope you enjoy this show. Looking forward to bringing you some more episodes soon. I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, uh, Wednesday's my delivery day, so I'm just, uh, you're just driving and driving yeah. and delivering, driving and delivering, man. <laughs> yep.
Well, uh, making more sales calls. Yeah, man. I need to. Uh, it's uh, it's interesting. Like, I, I kind of wish I would have went down there to your your event you had that I was invited to, but I just had so much stuff going on. I was like, man, I should have went oh, down sure. there and hung out with Ray. But it was like, next time I'll get, I'll make it. Uh, but yeah, man. Uh, wanted to have you on. I, I recently kind of picked your brain. Um, I know when the last time we talked, you said you were you had sold to grocery stores and you'd made a pretty a good amount of money from grocery stores and then um just from the looks of your farm and and uh talking to you via private message it sounded like you you're recently just scaling up with the grocery stores and uh yeah so i was hoping you could shed some light on that like how it's maybe changed your farm and, and kind of what you did when you, what you do when you talk to these grocery stores yeah, so we, um, we 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 definitely like the grocery stores. We're picking up a we think could be well, according to them, uh, this new grocery store could be a fairly large count, probably four to five times uh, more volume just this one store than we were currently doing. Um, that are about four weeks behind schedule of opening. Um, so yeah, I've been actually doing a quite a bit of, of restaurant, uh, sales as well, which has been really, really great. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping to get a few more accounts, uh, within the next few weeks. Um, yeah, so I, I'm really kind of heading down the, the, the wholesale, uh, the wholesale way of, of moving green. Um, I think for us, we find it's more consistent, more predictable. You know, when you, when we're kind of playing out our year and looking, you know, how much crops do we put out, how much ground to get ready. You know, I think our particular, uh, you know, farmers markets down here in West Tennessee is, you know, it's not very consistent, it's not very reliable. Um, and so we're kind of looking to move away from that as much as we can. So we're, yeah, it's going to be an interesting year to see kind of where all this ties in at the end. Um, you know, we have a lot of stuff in the works and, you know, our sales have been really strong so far. So we're just kind of, um, we're, we're just getting ready for it. That's good, man. Yeah, I see a ton of Salanova growing uh, at your property. And uh, so I'm, I'm guessing you're, and it looks, I mean, I think everybody's kind of scaling up with, with Salanova because it yields so well. Right. And even for me, like I've been, uh, so now that I'm like really focused on farming and uh, not being a wuss about it, it's like even, uh, Man, I, I have so much weed pressure, so like I, I have to. <laughs> it's like because right now, like if I don't, right. if I go directly into the soil this time of the year, like first starting out, it's I get so much weeds. So, but uh, right, um, but so like for for the grocery stores, uh, are you mainly just doing salad mix? Are you doing microgreens as well in there, or it? Uh, yeah, we are. So what we're doing with the so essentially anything that's in the clamshell. That's kind of what we found our niche with. We really cannot compete with 
some of the other, like, you know, loosely kale or head lettuce, you know, or some of those other kind of, uh, you know, loose greens that may not be in a clamshell. So where we felt like we could compete is, you know, just really, you know, uh, getting a decent-looking label, going ahead and putting a, a barcode on it, you know, getting our logo on there. So we're doing things like, you know, baby kale. Um, mainly we, we do that in the wintertime. You know, we do arugula. We do a lot of salad mix. We're doing um, starting to move into the microgreens a li- just a little bit. Um, I would not consider myself to be a, a microgreen guy. Um, I'm learning, so I'm, I'm kind of excited to see where this, this goes. But I would say, number one, for sure, salad mix. And that's that's the uh, the number one for grocery stores. And I think you know what a lot of these grocery store managers like is that you know we're harvesting a day or so before we deliver, and they're finding these clamshells are lasting them between two to three weeks, and they just really like that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, if, if you go. Good- if you go, sorry for interrupting. If you go now, like uh, I don't have anything, so if I go and buy Organic Girl or something like that, or Earth, Earth, whatever it's called, that's supposedly like the organic stuff, it goes bad in like two days. And right. It's, it's, right. It's, and it has to be shipped across from the country, so the other part of the country, yep. and it's. Yep. It, so I, I think if if you could give shelf life, I mean, I think that's huge. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and then their customers love it. So one of the uh, main grocery stores we were working with last year said that our salad mix was the, um, in the top 10 items that sold in their grocery store. That's awesome. So they, yeah, so they, they definitely like that. Um, And so that, that was a, that was a good sign that I think, um, hopefully there's, you know, a, a future in selling these ghost stores. What I love about them is that they're, they're just more consistent, they're more reliable, you know, they don't have you, haggle you with, with the prices. And I just, we just really just enjoy how consistent, um, they are, you know, there's, there's, we haven't found too much competition as of yet. Where, you know, and and the one thing I like about the 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 grocery store is, you know, if we're going to look at really impacting the local farm, you know, to to direct you know consumer markets, you know, yes, people are shopping at farmers markets, but the mass majority of the U.S. population as of now are just shopping at the grocery stores. Yeah, and that's that's the realization we came to when we looked at you know sales the farmers market versus the grocery stores is that the grocery store was just it was just very consistent, um, and we we just really liked that and and you know and a lot of our uh, you know quite a few of our customers who do shop at the farmers market like oh yeah you know I'm you know we see yourself in the grocery store. You know, whenever I can't make it up to the farmer's market, I just, I know I can go to the grocery store and buy it. And so that kind of woke us up to, you know what, uh, 
these folks were buying at our farmers market, at least uh, here in the South. You know, it they're not you know going to the farmers market and necessarily going grocery shopping. Yeah. Uh, but they, you know, but they're, they're still going to the grocery stores every single week and they're buying the bulk of their groceries. And so if they're going to see our product, you know, they recognize our logo, they know who we are, they're going to buy our salad mix there as well. So I, I really think, uh, obviously there's, you know, to get into some of these bigger box stores like Walmart, Kroger, or, you know, it's probably different in different parts of the countries, you know, these really big places are probably very tough to get into. I, I think, um, I, you know, we are hopeful that in the, in the coming years, that'll become easier, but there's still a lot of more smaller independently owned grocery stores, especially in the bigger cities that I think can be tapped into. Yeah. And, I- you know, once, once you kind of, you know, if you start a salad mix, which is an easy product to sell, then you can start introducing other items that, you know, a, a small farm may have. Absolutely. So so that's been kind of your strategy is to lead with the salad mix. Yep. And then, oh, yes. and then yep. once they one. like that, then they add more. So what's... Uh, that's right. So, and what have you discovered? I mean, so so talking, so who who do you typically, when you go into a grocery store, who do you want to talk to? You know, you really, what I found is, is getting in touch with the owner is, I mean, you, you can go directly to the, the produce manager. Um, you know, you can start with that. And I've done that. I've got one big, big box tool that I'm working on now, which um, I won't be dealing with for a couple of years just because of how, how much quantity they want is way above what, what I'm able to do now. But, you know, it's able to develop a relationship with their manager, which is going to help me kind of get in. But some of these smaller stores, you know, if you get with the owner first, then he just goes, hey, he just goes right to his produce bar and goes, look, I've already worked it out. Whatever he's got, just make it happen. Um, so I think, you know, every, every probably state, maybe every city could be different. Every store could be different. So, um both have worked, but really getting with the owner can really ensure a guarantee sale. That's that's what that's what we found. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, so you, so one of the things you you've talked about, and I know for there's a local market here, and they really want a barcode, and, and I think you said right. that too. Now, I'd asked you before, like, would you, do you need to get different barcodes, or how's that work? And you said it's really up to your customer. Yeah, at the East Place, so um, what we've done is essentially they just want it easy for them to, you know, scan scan the barcode for, for the price. So what there's one we've agreed to that, and there are, there are you know, uh, definitely a really nice account year-round. They said, look, as long as the same price, you know, so say our arugula salad mix, spinach, and baby kale, all those clamshells are the same price. So they were fine with, with you know, just one barcode for all those different items. 
Now, when it comes to uh, the herb clamshell, you know, that's going to be a different price point, and that's herbs. So they wanted a different barcode for that. And the same thing for the microgreen, you know, that was a different size clamshell, a different price point. So, again, they wanted a separate item for that. And I think it helps them kind of track, you know, kind of what's selling. Um, and we've been able to kind of match whatever they were, you know, paying California for a lot of their herbs and salad mixes. So by having, you know, our particular barcode, they were able to kind of compare, hey, what's selling more? Is it the stuff from California or is it a locally grown, you know, product? And so I think they were able to, that's one of the things that helped them, uh, you know, tell, hey, you know, uh, you know, this local salad and herb is really selling well, you know, side by side with this other stuff in California. So when we have herbs or salad mix or arugula available, that's primarily all they're going to carry. It's just the locally, our, our local product. That's pretty awesome, man. And and so the herbs, I know that was something else we were talking about. You were talking about uh, consulting to get your herb sales up because of the the there you saw a big potential for growing herbs, which a lot of people haven't talked about or a lot of people aren't talking about. How much have you scaled right. up uh, herb herb uh, production this year? We've um, we're you know obviously from our um, trials last year were very, very positive. So we've definitely scaled it up pretty big. I mean, big as in, um, you know, I've got, I'll probably have three or four hundred foot beds of perennial herbs. And, you know, um, we'll see what that is. I definitely have gotten a quite a bit of more wholesale as in the bulk herb from other grocers, from other restaurants, sorry. Um, which doesn't pay as well per pound as the clamshells. So I'm, I'm still, you know, all that's still kind of on the table and we're, we're still kind of looking at, you know, do we just want to do herb clamshells or do we want to do the bulk? Obviously the, the clamshells requires a, a good bit more labor, but it, it, it pays almost double. So we're, we're, I think this year is going to be, um, you know, we know which one makes money, but on a bigger scale, which one makes the most sense. Yeah. Which, and it's so, taken your quality of life into consideration too. I mean, you have a family and, Oh yeah. And I think, right. That's, I mean, you know, yeah, I, it's, yeah. I mean, whenever we have five children, I think anything we do, you know, we're always asking ourselves: Is this going to take away from, you know, our quality of life with our family? Is this going to add to it? Is this? And and we're looking at too: Is this something that that they can, as they get older, uh, that they definitely enjoy, you know, being with us and you know, helping whenever they, uh, whenever they want to. Um, so we're also kind of looking at, Hey, is this something that, you know, even when he gets older and he wants to kind of take up in a big way, um, you know, is this a child friendly, um, you know, kind of venture we're looking into. So, yeah, so everything is kind of filtered through that. And also we're looking at, you know, when we're, when we're tracking, you know, labor, 
you know, we 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 uh, aspire to really pay our our laborers really really well for our area, just to help attract uh, you know folks who really care who really want to be a part of the farm. So all of that kind of we're always evaluating you know products. Um, is this the well, first, do we do we enjoy this? Two, will it sell? And three, is, is it going to pay? You know, pay, you know, ourselves well, and will it help pay our workers? And you know, will, it, will it, is this something that um, you know our children could could you know take up if they want to? Yeah, how many? How many? Because uh, you got a lot going on there. Uh, how many? Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, even when I'm transplanting stuff myself, like I only have like three sixty-five foot beds now. That it's like, okay, it, it gets like, man, it, it it wears on you. And I'm just like, man, how do you guys do it? And then uh, I'm looking at yours, and you just got these long beds filled with salanova, and I'm like, man, that must have been an eternity to transplant all that stuff. Even if you do get it down, how many how many employees do you have now, or how many helping hands? And what activities do they help you out with the most? So I've got one full-time employee. He, he is, this is my first year. Uh, I, I actually have a full-time, you know, 40-hour-plus employee. Very, very well. Um, and he's doing really good. We have him full-time, so he, he, like, he gets and he understands the process. Like he understands uh, the the high bed turnover, you know, bed prep. Uh, you know, he gets the harvesting. Uh, you know, the whole packaging. You know, and he he understands. Like you know, we, we kind of have a, a a financial goal that we that we want to hit as far as numbers this year, and so you know he gets that too. You know, and he's really excited to to help meet this goal. So we got him full time. And then I've got a guy um, who works for me a day and a half part time, and his main job is uh, he spends about a half a day. All he does is transplants. So he's doing all of our salanova, our head lettuce. Um, you know, if we have, you know, say if, if we have one week, we're going to do a big, you know, tomato transplant day or kale. Or, you know, there's always, you know, we have our weekly plantings that have to happen every single week. And then we have, you know, every other week or every third week, we'll have a miscellaneous couple beds that have to go in. So he does that. He's really fast. He's actually faster than I am. Um, he's young, super smart, and I'm fixing to take him on three days a week starting May 1st. And I'm really excited about that. So between, uh, and uh, his name is Judah, Ben is my full-time employee. So between Judah and Ben, they've been able to keep up with all of our bed prep, you know, turnover, broad working, you know, uh, bed amendment, you know, uh, putting down landscape fabric, you know, pulling it up. We don't spend that much time weeding. Um, I think we've got clocked in so far about a probably around two hours so far this year and, and actually, you know, weeding. Um, we don't do, we try not to do too much of that because no one really likes to do that around here. Yeah. Um, it's not really an income producing activity. 
Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, I and I, I I have the utmost respect and admiration for folks who do have, you know, farms with no, uh, you know, landscape fabric or plastic culture. Yeah, and, and you know, there's a I have a few really good friends who do just an amazing job. I had not yet mastered that art, yeah. so um, you know, I I really enjoy the, the landscape fabric for for a number of reasons. So yeah, so the, those two guys do that, and then on harvest days is uh, Tuesday, and that's primarily my, uh, myself and my wife. She's kind of like our pack shed manager. She she's really good at all the orders. And then on Friday, it's like all hands on deck. Um, so that's when we're we have a, a very large restaurant. Um, you know, they're doing almost ninety to one hundred pounds of greens a week of Salanova. Nice. Um, and then we have a few other wholesale uh, accounts. That's with one of our bigger grocery stores. And then we're now doing two farmers markets this year. So it's Ben and his wife, um, his wife kind of does, uh, you know, she, she does lunch and dinner for us, helps with the kids. And then she helps Ashley whenever she's got a, a, a free moment. So it's, so it's, it's, it's really kind of a, a family based, like a family focused operation, which is super Absolutely. Cool. And actually, Ben is so Ashley, my wife. She comes from a family of seven. Uh, did you say seventeen? Seven kids. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Seven children. I was gonna say <laughs> my grandpa came from a family of fifteen, but that was years ago. But man, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I'm just yeah. yeah uh, no, seven. Seven kids. Uh, you know, yeah. So uh, it's her young brother. Um, you know, and him and his wife, and he's uh, he's actually he's very very talented with his hands. Um, he, he's a tradesman, HVAC technician, and um, we're just looking to you know the company he was with. Um, he just was tired of it for a number of reasons, and wanted to kind of start his own business. But he needed, he wanted to do something different that kind of gave him some flexibility. So we said, well, look, you know, um, you know, 40 hours a week, as long as these certain projects get done each week, you know, if you want to come in, you know, a couple hours late in the morning or, um, you know, you want to get off a few hours early, let's just, you know, kind of schedule it. So that's how that's been working. So, and, you know, he has two younger children. So, him and his wife have just really enjoyed having, you know, when, when they, the, when both of them come on Fridays, like their whole family comes and, uh, you know, it's it, a day that both their children really enjoy our children enjoy. So yeah, it's just like a big family, you know, Friday's just like a big family day. You know, we, we, uh, we share lunch and dinner together. Um, yeah. And so, so one thing we, we tried to do this year, one of like, our biggest goal, more than just even money and, you know, producing greens was we're really trying to cultivate this environment of family and community. Yeah. That's like our number one goal. And just try to cultivate this place where people want to be. And obviously, you know, we have to hustle. Like, we, we do have big goals, but 
we're we're really trying to create a, just a good environment. You know, like Monday, um, Monday morning, you know, Ben and I will get together for coffee and we'll spend about an hour and I'll just talk to him about, you know, the week's goals. You know, this is the, this is the kind of some of the problems we're having, um, that, that we need to address. This is, you know, Hey, we've got, you know, we've got to get a bunch of beds prepped for next week or, you know, we have some events coming up and so, you know, I I think having those times for those conversations can go a long way. You know, you want your employees to be like with you, and like you know, we're all On a we're team. all you know working towards the same goal. You know, we understand the the problems we're having, the challenges, and obviously I'm the boss. He does what I say, but I, I really want him to. Uh, you know, to be kind of invested as well. So, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, that's it's been a it's been a uh, it's been a pleasure actually having. You know, we we've had help, but they've been you know really like younger, you know, high schoolers, and um, yeah, they have great attitudes, but the the level of skill and competence. Um, it's been really great that to have with, with Ben and well worth, I mean, we're, you know, paying him very well enough that he was able to quit a pretty good paying job. And, you know, um, he's making almost the same amount of money. So, and for him, I think he was able to, you know, for him, what he enjoys is having, you know, that time with where his family can come. Yeah, so it's just, you know, really, I think I think he's had a, a higher quality of life himself, you know, getting away from the corporate world and just coming to work for a smaller um, group where instead of him being a number, he's actually a person who is who's valued. Absolutely. That's awesome, man. I, I don't think enough times we, 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 we like, focus a lot on uh, community and family, and I think it's, uh, you know... It, a lot of times it's easier to focus on how much money you can make so you can encourage more people to get into it. But even if, like, I look at what we do with, you know, the Ohio GSD crew, and it's just even homesteaders, like everybody that's part-time, like there's very few of us. Um, I think, like, I'm the only one that's really trying to do, you know, full-time right now. And I scaled back my lifestyle quite a bit because it, you know, reading Gene Logsdon and and starting to get into Wendell Berry and then just kind of thinking about, you know, I've always been a frugal, more frugal person. Like I don't, like the, when I leave my house, the only thing I'm worried about when I'm gone is my cats. Like I, people could steal my right. computer or anything. Like I don't have any valuables Absolutely. that like it's like it's what's most important to me is you know, my cats, because they're the closest thing to family I have because I'm a creepy cat guy. <laughs> but uh, in, right. in, in reality, it's, you know, what what do you need? And I think that, you know, just from what um, getting out of the community here, like whether it's us coming together and building a fence and or coming together to build a bunch of beehives and, and, and having like an assembly line of community, I think, it's just the the old ways, and I think it's the same for for what you guys are doing. I mean, it's a it's a it's a family based business, and you know you want to know it, it's family friendly. Like, if it wasn't for your family, you probably wouldn't be farming. You know what I mean? And and I think that absolutely, that's, 
And I think that's the biggest thing. And I think that innovation, I think, in farming is coming to save time. And I do want to get into that, too, because you had uh, Michael Kilpatrick out there. He's actually, he's like 40 minutes away from me. I really need to go out there and interview him and check Excuse out me. his yeah, that, that guy, yeah, he's, he's, he has a, a brilliant mind. Well, you know, if I can add one more thing yeah. on this topic of uh, family, you know, one thing I've been just talking to Ben a lot is that obviously we all need to make a living. And I, I think farming can make a very good living. Like, you know, I, I really think the the things that, you know, Curtis Stone and JM and, and even others have been really teaching is, is you know, I, I really think um, it can be just lucrative occupation as a welder or a, you know, HVAC technician. So I, I definitely think that, but at the end of the day, I think it's gotta be more than money. So for me, what drives me is like at the end of our days, when we're on our deathbed, you know, and, and we're looking back at our life and, you know, who we want, but, but, you know, on our bedside, like uh, a big house, will do us no good. A huge bank account from all the profits of a lucrative farm business that we've just like, we sold our life away to. What we want is family, right? Absolutely. I mean, and so I just feel like that there's not enough focus in, in this society about just really good, close, uh, just wholesome family relationships, you know, um, and so we just, obviously, um, you know, we have a ways to go, but we really want to cultivate this atmosphere of, you know, at the end of the day, we're doing more than just making money and trying to crank out produce and get the most money per square foot. Like, and that's all really good and very important. You know, I think that's, that's a part of having a, you know, uh, a nice environment where there's, you know, there's money where if we do want to do something, we can do that as a family. But we, we really want to, you know, make sure that, you know, everyone is being heard, uh, that, you know, we care about everyone who is around us. Um, yeah, and that, you know, essentially relationships come before money, you know. Um, I think in our culture, you know, there's the American dream, which is, you know, a big house, a big bank account. You know, we want financial success, social success, which is all great, but that gets you nowhere at the end of the day. And um, so it's something that we're, we're, we're taking a hard look at. And, you know, I by no means am speaking from someone who feels like, you know, I've mastered it. But it's something that we're definitely working towards, you know, um, you know, and it's this balance of like, there's a lot of families that I know that, you know, really made the kids work. And now the, the children just hate the farm. So we're just really being sensitive to, you know, you know, there's obviously there's tours, you know, around the house that, you know, um, you know, all children you know, or at least our children, you know, are a part of, but we're also sensitive to the fact that, you know, we don't want to drive the farm so hard where they just, by the time they're, you know, 14, they just hate everything that we're doing because it's all about work and, you know, mommy and daddy are just trying to make the most money and, 
you know, just, it's just never ending. There's no time for life. Yeah. So, and, and I think you know, too, what so you're yeah, talking we're, about, we're yeah. And, and what you're talking about too, like Friday is one of your busiest days. Like I, uh, oh, sure. I've accidentally tried to get you to record Friday, just thinking about my schedule. I'm like, oh yeah, duh, he's going to be busy on a Friday. But like, I think, the, right. I think the coolest thing that you said is, is that like, you know, the kids really enjoy it because the kids get to spend time together. And that's, what's like, just Absolutely. even when we get together, whether it's, you know, helping someone work up a hog or when we were working up a cow or building the beehive, the bee boxes, you know, everyone brings their families and their kids and then all the kids get to play each other. And those are like memories that you don't forget as a kid, oh, yeah. like how much time I had fun right. and a lot of, in a lot of, you know, in, in, especially if your kids are homeschooled and you know, they can socialize with kids that live in a similar way that they're also right. homeschooled or have their parents have similar values. So then they don't feel like because their life is so much more interesting and it's, it's, you know, they, they probably do spend a lot more time outside. They don't feel as right. I think it, I think it's, it's something that it's like, okay, so this, this can be normal. Like we're, we're, we are part of a, a, a smaller culture in a sense of, 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 of families that share the same values. Like they don't think that, but they're, they're going to experience it and I, and they're going to appreciate it when they get older. And I think that's important. Yeah. You know, and like, like Judah, you know, the guy who started May, May 1st, he's moving his family, you know, to our neighborhood and, you know, his wife, it's just so static because now, you know, they've got, I think, uh, almost a one-year-old son, maybe older, but she really wants, you know, their family to be a part of this same culture as well, where, you know, once, you know, once a week, you know, there's a big, you know, all the families get together and help share cook and, you know, the kids just love that, you know? Absolutely. So and that, that's why, obviously, you know, we spend more, you know, on food and labor for that day. And, you know, if you were to kind of, you know, add it all up and go, okay, well, you know, economically, this is not making money, but we feel like the investments and, in, you know, the social capital in our children just loving and looking forward to like, it's, you know, our kids are excited about Fridays. Like they look forward to it. Cousins come over and now, you know, a new friend, six join us and, you know, it's just a big, it's just a big party day. Absolutely. That's awesome, man. Um, yeah, so we're, yeah, great. Oh, no, no, no. Keep going. So, you know, and I think it's a more and more, yeah, I think it's more about just developing a culture that is, um, that just really kind of brings back family values and, you know, going back to that, you know, the end of our days. You know, we, we want to have all of our loved ones, our family beside us. Um, and just where that culture is, you know, I've, I've known a, um, just the past few years, kind of known quite a few folks who have, you know, passed on. And they've really had a, a rough uh, family history. And so we've just kind of taken that as, man, you know, if we don't, if we don't on purpose try to do something different, like, you know, we're, we're really as people, you know, my wife and I, we're like, we're not any better. Um, you know? And so we just feel like let's, 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 you know, try a, you know, a 60 year experiment and really try and cultivate 
a different atmosphere where people just really want to be a part of it. No, and, that's, you know, that's and, great. You know, and food does that. Like, you know, I think it's been talked a lot, of, a lot about in you know, the past years that, you know, food brings the different cultures together and it, it puts everybody on the same playing field. Like, you know, we all may have different, um, you know, religious viewpoints, political viewpoints, you know, we all speak different languages, but, but, you know, there's one thing that we all need and that's food. You know, we all need food to, 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 to survive. And so, you know, since we're, we're, we're farming and growing food, it already lends us to a culture that is going to be more positive area. So we're just trying to, you know, expand on the culture that we're already kind of in and just getting more people included. No, that's great. So it's been fun. It's made, you know, like our harvest days, you know, we're, our goals were actually trying to be done by four in the afternoon, which, you know, put in perspective, like when we first started, I used to be doing like market prep on Friday to like 10, 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. Um, so, you know, now I think we've been more in the five to six o'clock, which is really great. Um, so, but yeah, our goal is really four, just so we have more of a leisure time together. And, you know, so we're, we're kind of looking at, okay, well, what can we do now to either, you know, look at our systems, you know, we're kind of now even looking at, we're starting to talk together about, hey, why don't we, let's look at, you know, for instance, if we do, you know, for every 100 clamshells of salad mix, let's try and time ourselves and try to have this goal by, hey, we'll do, you know, we need to do a clamshell, we need to do, you know, a clamshell every, you know, 20 seconds or whatever, whatever it is. Um, you know, and... Ashley's family is pretty competitive. And so I think it's kind of one of these things we're looking at that they naturally enjoy, you know, beating records and you know, competing against each other. So now we're looking at, hey, what can we do in a practical way to actually, you know, have a nice, decent cutoff time, make it enjoyable? You know, we've talked about like having records of like, you know, you know, who can, you know, who can, you know, pack and close the the most amount of, you know, clamshells per hour, you know, where, you know, whoever gets the the fastest will have records and put on the board and just we're just trying to look at things where our children when they grow up, you know, seeing this, that they can kind of good come into this culture that we've been working on. Absolutely. And then your are are your kids, do you do you ever get them involved too in packaging or do they do Oh yeah. They, yeah. yeah well, gonna... We do and and so we've, we've been really careful about like forcing them to, Hey kids, you, you know, but a lot of times it, it really happens when like, you know, usually like, you know, Ben and I harvest, you know, and Ashley will start, you know, packaging or washing, you know, salad mix. Then when Ben and I are done, usually everything's in there. So there's more to do in the pack shed. So when we're all in there, that's usually when our kids find the woodwork and, you know, they actually want to help. So, which is, you know, usually over time. Um, so yeah, so it'd be like, hey, you know, um, you know, they want a job, so it'd be okay. Well, like my my daughter Asha, just this past week, um, you know, she's been starting to, to to transfer, you know, lettuce from the bubbler to the spinner, and then she'll put the stuff, 
and the spinner to the to the drawing table. You know, so she's enjoyed that because we're we're really trying to. Um, you know, we have two salad spinners that were done by by Michael Kilpatrick. Now we got that greens bubbler, so we're really starting to. Um, Crank them you up. know, we're doing. And it, yeah, you, we're starting to crank them out. So when you built the bubbler, did you just? Uh, well, let, we can get into that. I want to talk. I want you to talk more about your family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, so um, Asha's been kind of watching. And Asha, you know, she's her oldest. She's eight. So she's starting to kind of see. Oh wow, you know, we're like moving like hundreds of pounds through a day, and there's just a lot of action going on. And so she's like wants a piece of that action. So. She kind of went, hey, Dad, can can I do the spinner? So, yeah, so kind of was like, well, yeah, you know, uh, just don't don't put your arm, you know, in the spin thing. And, you know, so, yeah, so she can now, you know, get the lettuce and bubbler and, and the baskets. She can put the basket in the spinner. You know, she knows how far to put the dial, you know, whenever it's done, you know. And so she's really enjoyed, like, keeping up with it. So she'll just be, she, she's on it. Um, and that's actually been a huge help because now, you know, clamshells do take time. Like that, that's one thing. Um, even though you get, we do get paid a quite a bit more money per pound. Um, it, it, it is time consuming for sure. So I, I definitely want to be real about that. But, um, so having her do that has really helped us really kind of, um, dial in this whole clamshell packing process. Absolutely. But so, uh, having, and also too, like one thing that that's great because she can help you with that. And because you have gone to, you know, innovation, like a bubbler and the two spinners, an eight year old can do it. I mean, it's like, you can have, you can, what's that? Yeah. Yeah. Listen here. So last year, this time we were just talking about, we're always, we're, we're never happy with where we're at. Even if we've like improved our facility, a hundred times we're, we're never content. Like we're always like, Oh, no, this, this problem here, or, you know? So we were just talking, uh, I think last week, I was like, guys, this time last year, like we were literally spinning greens from, I don't know if you've ever seen those, but Johnny sells this like hand crank green oh, salad spinner. I have one. I bought it from do. a restaurant depot. It's, it's a pain in the Dude, ass. I'm telling you, you know, and, uh, <laughs> You know, we were just like, the fact that we've gone from, you know, and we used to like have this, like these Rubbermaid, um, uh, you know, kind of uh, bins that we were kind of, you know, just kind of washing them by hand and we were cranking, you know, what, two pounds at a time or whatever. And it was just insane. And so like literally, you know, 12 months later, we've got two washer spinners that we can do almost five pounds at a time. We got a greens bubbler. I mean, it's come along and, and we're with, with that hand crank, you know, from Johnny's like my daughter could not spin that. No, his physically could not. And she probably won't be able to for another, you know, three to four years, unless there was only like a half a pound in there. So, you know, we're, we've really invested a lot of time and money in, Obviously, it's not, I would not consider state-of-the-art, but it's definitely a huge upgrade from where we were at. And it's, you know, it's equipment that my daughter can safely operate without, you know, hurting herself at all. 
Absolutely. And she's loving it, you know, because she feels like she's actually, I mean, she, when, when at the end of the day, she goes, wow, I actually, you know, contributed on and dumped. Yeah. You know, a hundred on to, you know, the other day, I think we did like 200 pounds of greens. So, you know, and, and she's excited. And so now, uh, you know, now that's just like, she's, you know, the, the kind of the problem we're at now with her is that, you know, we have a six month old baby and she's her oldest. So she is the, um, the best one to kind of help with him throughout the day. So, you know, we're, we're kind of at the obvious awkward stage of the family. You know, we have five children. We, we know in five years, they're going to be a, a force to reckon with, uh, and the farm is, you know, as long as we can keep, keep their hearts, hearts in it. But right now with them being young, um, you know, they, they can only do so much, you know? Yeah. And then whenever cousins are over, like it's party day. So it's, you know, we, we want them to enjoy cousins being over and, and, you know, play with them. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're, we're, we're just like this past year has really been a lot of fun for my, uh, myself and my wife and just kind of seeing our older kids really, you know, enjoy, uh, being a, a part of the team and actually contributing in a, in a real way. Like it's not just, you know, um, them, you know, doing a few things here or, you know, holding a box. Like they're actually, you know, they're actually taking a part of an adult here, you know, for, yeah. you know, a couple hours. And they're a lot less but, expensive yeah, we're, too. We're, 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 we're having a good time. That's we good, definitely man. have, we definitely have a ways to go. And there's definitely some things where we're still working out, you know, details, mainly just getting, just getting our systems really kind of dialed in to where it is more family friendly. And, you know, we really do want to be done by four so we can have more time just to hang out and just, you know, enjoy each other. Um, and again, just working on that culture of family community. It's, we, it's something that we, we haven't, um, arrived to, but we really, we really want to. And so everything we're doing is just kind of being filtered by, by, you know, our number one goal, you know? That's um, excellent. So, yeah, so it's, um, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, so it's just, it's, it's, it's really kind of, I think this year, I think last year was like, okay, well, can we make a living? And then yes. And now this year it's like, well, you know, making a living is not enough. Like, you know, I, I can go, go be a welder and do that yeah, and actually make really good money. You know, Ben could make, um, you know, more money than what he's doing now as well. Not much, but, um, but what is really attracting us both to what we're doing is this environment that we're really trying to foster. And so, when you throw that in there to, to really try to make a, a livable wage, it, it's, it's this whole new level of challenges that's really forced us to, to really take a hard look at. So there, there, there's never a dull moment when you say that. Yeah. No, that's excellent, <laughs> um, man. Um, so that's great, man. I think, uh, I think family's the reason why people want to get into this. I think the people that are doing well, I think that's the biggest reason. I think that mm. even long term or they see what they want for their life. Like I don't have a family, but when I 
when I do, like I want to have something where I can stay at home. I want to be some, have something sure. where I can stay closer to my family. So, um, mm-hmm. so yeah. So you have two of the salad spinners. Um, yep. You have um, you have the greens bubbler, which I definitely was looking into the greens bubbler and the salad spinners. Like I, looking about how to do right. that. Now, did you find a less expensive way to make that greens bubbler with the jacuzzi pump? Were you able to uh, find any hacks to make it any cheaper? Or like, it's not that expensive in reality with how much time it saves you. But I'm always curious because you like are you're a, you're a crafty, innovative guy. Uh, you know, I I think it all comes down to context. So, you know, if I was only doing, I don't know. 50 pounds, maybe a hundred pounds a week. I, I may not. Well, um, well, there's a few reasons. So one in the tunnels down here in the South, aphids are just horrendous. Um, they're really not so bad out in the field. It's just when you get in that high tunnel or even, you know, high tunnels, especially caterpillars are bad too, but in our Salanova, they're just infested. Just like it was just way too much protein to clean out. <laughs> so we were um we were really forced because, you know, we had, you know, a couple hundred pounds of Shalanova that we were looking at that was like, well man, this is just almost too much. You know, I so said, do we dump this or do we just and so we just went, No, it it just needs to happen. And we, we also we, we have this special mix of this one client that's doing a hundred pounds a week, they're paying a really good price, but they need some special greens mixed in. That's unusual. And so we, we kind of knew, well, we didn't know, but we were just kind of by looking on pictures from, you know, Michael Kilpatrick and, and uh, Curtis Stone and others that we went, you know what? It looks to me thus that, that, this would be an easy way to mix the Salanova with this other, you know, greens ingredients. So we had that issue that we were, you know, dealing with and then the aphids. And so we went, ah, we just needed, we needed to do this thing. And sure enough, it was just made, you know, we were able to get the bugs really clean. Um, and it, it was very easy to now mix, um, you know, this, the special greens. So, you know, if if you're smaller, you know, and you're growing outside, you, you may not need a greens bubbler. Um, so I, I'm not saying that you do, but but if I, I mean if, if you're putting it in a clamshells, I think that cutting down on that process of of having greens oh, yeah. ready to, I think that's everything personally. Like I'll. I'm, yeah, it, it, I'm gonna fork yeah. out some cash to have the spinner and the yeah, it, greens bubbler. It wasn't that bad. What I think the the motor is like ninety dollars. Oh, nice. The uh, the plumbing, you know, we got a special switch. Uh, we got some other kind of um, different things for that. Um, so I think we spent a little over a hundred dollars and just other supplies to get all that stuff, you know, wired and plumbed. That's good because Curtis, I think, um, said he paid two hundred dollars for his motor. So yeah, so you can find and, and it for cheaper. He, yeah, uh, it's it's possible. Yeah, and and I I, I can send send you that link. It I, I got it from Amazon. Awesome. And um, I don't know exactly what Curtis used, but it's possible that Curtis may have a more powerful bubbler. It's possible. 
But the one that I'm doing, I mean, it's boiling this water. It mixes it just fine. Um, I could see, like, if you had a bigger tank, you wanted to do, like, say, 100 pounds at one time, you know, uh, you you may need, you know, a more powerful, more expensive blower. But we, we, just, we want to be, like, maybe 30 to 40 pounds at a time for now. Um, because, really, we, we don't have enough spinners um, and volume to move that, like, you know, just kind of our scale we may get there. So for now, that was the motor we, we chose to get. It's working great. Uh, it cleans it so much better than we were doing by hand. It's it's been a real pleasure to to you know that. But mind you, like we're we're gearing up for a pretty hefty restaurant, so we just wanted to to be ready, you know, ready for. It. And and it's it's helped with our aphid problem tremendously. Yeah, I have sluggish. But you know we. Yeah, yeah, slugs. It may, I could see slugs may be a little issue. We don't have that bad slugs. But, you know, we, we have salinova available year-round. So in the winter and spring months in our tunnels, like, it's, it's uh, aphids are just a huge issue. And how many tunnels do you so, have now? Because you have a – I see your so big I've, high tunnel, and then you have a lot of yep. – you got a lot of uh, mini hoops as well. Yep. Yep, so we've got one big tunnel, which is 28 by, I think it's 94 foot long. And then we have 10 small caterpillar tunnels that are 14 foot wide by 100 foot long. And did you and, build those yourself, or did you order them from uh, Farmer's Friend? So I have one from Farmer's Friend, which is by far a better tunnel than what, what I built. And then I built mine myself. Just because of cash, you know, cash flow. Absolutely. I think I built. I think I've built. I think Farmer's Friend is twenty five. I mean, twelve hundred. I think, which is really a great deal and a great price, and I highly recommend their product. It's way way better in in many things. But we did ours for about four fifty per tunnel. You know, and it just adds up. You know, you need to be at. You know you know, $4,500 or you can be at, you know, 9,000. So, uh, for us, um, that was just a decision we made. Um, cause time to build one the, from scratch takes a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the caterpillar tunnels are really great, but, uh, nothing beats a, a high tunnel. I mean, the high tunnels are just, they're bigger area. So it's easier to, to stay warm on cold nights. You know, the sides are up and down where the high tunnels, I mean, the caterpillar tunnels are a pain to close and open up, especially if you're going to get, you know, really warm days and really cold nights. It can wear you out. But, you know, when it comes to cost, I mean, it's a fraction of the price. So, um, you know, for us, I think we've, we plan on having the caterpillar tunnels for two years and then we're hoping to start replacing them with really bigger high tunnels because, Man, high tunnels, that's just that's where it's at. Um, and really, the bigger high tunnel you can have, the, the better. It just it, um, regulates temperature so much better, easier to work in. Um, but yeah, so it's something that we are going aspire, to aspire to in, in, in the upcoming years. We're just uh, playing that balance of having stuff year-round and, um, 
you know, uh, make it a living, you know? Absolutely. So, and I was, I was taking a look too. Uh, you, you, you constructed a, a dibbler made out of plywood and wire mm-hmm. connector connectors. And it's for 200 yep. cell trays and you see 2,600 right. Salanova head and head lettuce plants each week. <laughs> Yeah, around there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, so the reason we're doing so much is that we're we're actually experimenting with every single Salanova variety they have, and we we had some prob. We actually had a quite of Salanova is great in the spring and fall, but not so good in the summer. Except for you know, there's a few varieties that did really well in the summer. But the problem is, like, like the, the green sweet crisps. None of our chefs like like that, like green. For them, it's you know, it's too too tough, not tender enough. One, we actually had one really good account that was you know twenty five pounds plus a week, um, and they paid a really good price. They're like, look, we will not buy any more of this product as long as it, if it has that that green sweet crisp, we'll not buy it. Um, and then another client that we had that was, you know, almost a hundred pounds a week, they complained about it too. And so we're now just experimenting with every variety. We're going to do every variety all season long, just to, um, just to really kind of see like at what point does Salanova, um, not work here, here in the South. Yeah, um, I, it's because I remember too. We both had like had success with with keeping it just from the overhead watering, but it's you get a pretty big bill like with the uh, with the water to try to keep it. But I noticed too, like the Salanova in the summertime in the heat of the summer, it, it went bitter after like one cut versus in the spring. Oh yeah, and then, yeah. In the spring, yep, you could get right. like four. Yeah. Yeah, and I haven't even been able to get that much. I mean, we we've had some pretty hot days already down here, well well into the the mid mid eighties. Um, so it you know, and our our so the problem too is, is our nights when it gets into May and June, like our nights just don't do not cool off like three months. Like it'll just stay in the upper eighties unless it rains. So. It really, like, I think lettuce does really well if it gets hot during the day and it can cool down at night, you know, to the 60s or 70s. So we're, we're, we we have some ideas we're going to experiment with. So, you know, we're, we're, we're just kind of ramping up pretty big this spring just to really kind of see what, what every variety can really do. And, um... You know, and and we we want to make sure that we have plenty of salad mix to kind of meet demand as well. So that's kind of why why we're doing so much. Um, you know, even harvesting several hundred pounds a week of you know lettuce product, and just recently, well, actually this week, uh, we actually just starting having you know enough extra. We're like, okay, you know, it's. Um, it was supposed to go to this, this grocery store that I was going to open up, but we're having to uh, hustle some product until they until they open, which it'll be in about, in about three weeks, I think. Well, that's so, good, though. I mean, and so are you rotating the lettuce? I mean, I know certain people freak out oh, yeah. about it, but there's such low feeders. Yep. 
Like, how often do you put something different in the bed immediately, or do you get a couple couple goes in one bed with lettuce, like a couple rotations? No, no, we're yeah. So we also are doing a lot of arugula, and we've got this other different what we call is like a brisk mix, like different mustards. Yeah. So we're essentially planting through uh, three to f- I think we're fixing up to four beds of lettuce a week. And we do two beds of arugula, two beds of brisk mix every week as well. Um, in the South, what we've found is by May, arugula is only good. It only does well for, for one cut. Yeah. And just the quality just kind of gets tough and really hot. And just, you know, chefs will pay a good bit amount for arugula down here. But it, it needs to be the certain quality and level. And we just... You know, maybe it's our soil or, you know, it's possible we're not doing something right. But, or you know, I, I mean, I personally think it's just a, a climate thing. I know up north, folks are doing much better with arugula with multiple cuts and salinol for, for, for that matter. Um, so, yeah, so we're essentially only planning to get one cut from salinova and one cut from arugula and, and then that's it. Yeah. Um. We've been able to get two cuts from Salanova, but we're already starting to see some of these really hot days and warmer nights that um, I, I think, um, yeah, we're just, we're only counting on just, just one cut. So that makes sense. You know, are there, um, are there any other, like, are you, have you experienced with any other uh, varieties of lettuce that aren't like outside? So never like I know Chris Gilbert and some other people are going for the the green. It's like a green sweet crisp from High Mowing Seeds. Hmm, uh, okay, I bought I bought some just to try it out. I haven't uh, I haven't messed with like I actually have a ton of I have all these seeds that I got because before I talked to Scott and Luke I wasn't even going to do Salanova and then thankfully I did. But I'm still like mixing in this these other varieties of lettuce just for just for variety. Um, but what right. What uh, so far, like out of the varieties of Salanova, what what have been your favorites? Because I know Curtis is big on big or red and green sweet crisp and red yep. and, and green butter. But I, I mean, I know I've I've done the 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 uh, the oak leaf and then the the insides. Like I've I've tried I've tried them all, but I did notice that you do like the green sweet crisp is the best yielder. Um, yep, it is the best yielder. However, though I gotta say, I've been doing the um, the the green and red in size, yeah. and I'm actually pretty happy with with those two varieties in terms of yield. It's good, um, and it's more of a tender lettuce too. It's not so. Um, I don't know, for some reason, we are uh, the, the 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 green and red sweet crisp. They both tend to be a little bit more tough. Which you know, I personally don't mind because we, we we eat a lot of salad, so I don't really care. But same here. <laughs> I think for a lot of these other folks, they just um, so with the inside, it's more of a delicate uh, leaf. And you know, like I did some side by side trials yesterday. Cause I'm, I, I actually, as of this week, I dropped completely the the green the green crisp, just because we like having to keep. Because there's, you know, a lot of folks don't want the green crisp. We have to keep it all separate. It's like, you know, forget that. Like, it's just, it just, it was taking too much time 
to keep it all separate. And we're, we're just, you know, really needing to streamline our systems. So we actually dropped these, these sweet crisps com- completely uh, from our line so far. Um, and we're just going to go with the, with the, uh, the green incised because it has really done well. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it does in the summertime. Uh, the, 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 the green sweet crisp does excellent in the summertime. Just no one wants to buy it. So it's kind of one of those things. Um, it does you no good to sell a, to grow a product if no one wants to buy it. Yeah. We, we, we actually have a pretty big demand for head lettuce. So, you know, mind you, we're, we're moving a good amount of lettuce as a full head, full head lettuce. And what, uh, what are you using for the head lettuce? Um, it kind of changes throughout the season. Um, you know, we're doing like a, a your traditional green leaf, red leaf, uh, Panisi from Johnny's is, is, is one of our favorite and bestsellers. Cherokee Romaine, which just does fantastic year-round. I mean, through the cold, uh, the crazy summer, is one of the only lettuces that will just crank out when it's August down here. Uh, Muir does really well in, in the summertime as well. Um, so yeah, so we're, we're, we're moving a quite a bit of head lettuce a week as well to to our farmers markets and and some other whole wholesalers um That's yeah good. you know I, I think i think there's a ways to go yet on growing salad crops in the summer here here in the south um yeah i know there's definitely like, been a lot of it's you're in that weird climate area too because i think you just go a little bit south of where you're at and this growing season changes to the winter months and it's like uh, you're in that weird area, that weird climate where it gets really hot, but then you also can get a lot of snow too, and like that's the interesting. Yeah, like, like it's, yeah, it is. Like uh, in the winter time, it can be frustrating because we actually have really mild winters, but it'll still get down into the single digits, and so it's like just enough to kill everything if it's not properly protected. You know, absolutely. Um, you know, you 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 kind of go to the winter and go, oh, this is no problem. You know, uh, I can grow almost any any kind of green in the winter time, and then you get, you know, it gets down to the single digits a couple of times and just kills a lot of crops. So, and it's just like like it never gradually gets cold. It's just like it'll be sixty seven degrees during the day, and then you know two nights later it's in the single digits. You know, um, and just crops don't like that that temperature swing. Like, I think they would rather just be cold and stay cold. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's, 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 it's definitely going to be interesting. I think, uh, like, cause I know like I had Jordan Cooper on and he's in Orlando area and he like his growing season is finishing now. And so what he's growing, it's just weird because South your South growing is just, it's, uh, it's very different. You're like South, but you're north, and it's uh, it. I, I can only imagine the interesting climate or different things that you because you're going to deal with things that nobody else deals with, or you're going to have experiences that no, a lot of other you know popular growers aren't because they're either in Canada or climates like mine or or something like that. So, um, mm-hmm. it's interesting. Uh, it's it's uh, you're an innovator, my man. It's uh, it's cool to see. Uh, 
I was going to say something else before I just showered you with awkward compliments there, Ray. Um, I can't think of it, but that I know Jordan grows like the, for head lettuce, the little, little something romaine. I don't know how that does in warm weather. Yeah. You know, um, there's some, actually some other varieties of like, like little, little gems. So little I'm gem, definitely, yeah. yeah, I'm definitely, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be, you know, um, an exciting five years of just really trialing different growing techniques and, and, and varieties have a lot to do with it. And, you know, there's a lot of great, there's some, there's some folks doing some really amazing stuff with varieties. And so I, I think, um, you know, the more the salad is grown in the South, I think the more, you know, these plant breeders are going to realize, you know, demand to find and develop new varieties that just does well. You know, like, I mean, if you look at like in Israel that, um, I was do, I was going to some, some, uh, some consulting from, uh, from over there. And, you know, they have very similar climates to, um, to, you know, Tennessee, like it, it's, very hot like it'll it'll push you know 100 degrees for just months and months on end the nights never seem to cool off um but yet they're growing lettuce like all just non-stop you know they got some really interesting techniques so um you know there's some some very innovative countries out there doing this stuff it's just um you know we we definitely have some interesting climates you know, here in, in the mid south, that definitely needs. Yeah, there's a lot of innovation that that that, that needs to be. Um, that uh, definitely needs to be explored. And there are some really good, great other growers in the south that you know I talk to who are definitely pushing the envelope as well. Um, yeah, so I think I think I think you know I think in the next five years, I think I think we're going to see some really incredible incredible growers doing some really amazing things yeah that's what me and scott were just talking about just like the it's so exciting in small-scale farming now because of the amount of uh uh innovation and it's not even just in like you know stuff that michael kilpatrick's doing it's also like oh well these this is what i did or this is what i found what seed works best or this is what we developed from just you know selective breeding and stuff like that even from the weird seed people just joking i think they're pretty cool but it there's oh yeah there's a lot of exciting stuff that's coming down the pike and i think it's it's cool that you know the mainly you know the abundance mindset you know people are just really open about what they're doing and it's because we all kind of are like you know more people need to do this even if it means i have more competition but in the sense if they're not they're not real competition because until, you know, it's only small scale farmers selling to universities and grocery stores and everything like that, there's a long ways to go. I mean, and, and even like large scale farming isn't really competition. It's just, we're all doing it and it's just trying to figure out the way that's, you know, the most efficient, uh, the most, you know, the, the most, the most efficient and, and really just the best for, for everybody involved. And I think that's what everybody's, what everybody's shooting for. Right. Yep. Yeah. And, and I agree. I, I do think it's most exciting. I think, you know, what, what is neat is that the, you know, a very large group of farmers across the world 
from all kinds, like it's not just even, you know, small scale that are like, you know, a couple acres or less, but it's, it's even bigger, bigger scale with, you know, even doing the whole tactic thing. There's, there's some really brilliant minds out there who are just very willing to, to share information. Yeah. And I really think it's, I think we're definitely and definitely the most exciting time in, you know, in agriculture, probably in history. Like it's really thrilling just to see all the different minds and different tips and, and suggestions from just all across the board. Um, you know, and, and just to, just to see, you know, the, the, the spirit of sharing, it's just very refreshing. Yeah, man, I agree. I mean, like I was bugging you about grocery stores and then, uh, then you're like, yeah, you could just call me. I was like, why don't we just do a podcast? You're like, that'd be awesome. And I was like, cool. So, and then, yeah, and I think it's, and that's it. And I think like, uh, it's, it's just cool, you know, cause now people and if you don't mind you can send me links of where you get your clam shells and where you got that pump yep. for the yeah that and we can yep. put it out there so other people can figure out a ways to you know get oh, it for, for sure. the least expensive and uh, be the most efficient so but um yeah i mean like yeah i'll keep sure. going yep but i was gonna say like you know even my where i get my clam shells I, i'm sure there's cheaper resources but you know just lacking the Sometimes you just lack the uh, the the time and energy to um, you know to explore that. Where you know if you share something and goes, hey, you know that's that's kind of that's a lot of money. Like you know, I'm only paying this much. You know, yeah. So um, I just find that this is such it, it's it's an amazing community. It really is for sure, for sure. Well, hey, Ray, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day of uh, deliveries and, and, you know, running a household with, with five kids and everything fun like that and your farm to spend some time talking to me. And uh, uh, I'm, I got a lot out of the conversation. I think everybody else is going to as well, man. So I, I appreciate what you're doing and uh, love, love looking at your Instagrams. It's inspiring for me and I'm sure a lot of other people. So yeah, man, keep up your hard work and uh, looking forward to to talking to you and, and getting you on again soon. Thanks, Drew. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Oh yeah. And how can people follow you and follow your work? Since before I just said what I look at, so people can follow you on Instagram and and follow what you guys are doing. Yeah. So we're on Instagram at Rose Creek Farms, and you know Facebook at Rose Creek Farms as well. Um, folks can email me Ray at rosecreekfarms.net. Our website is, is www.rosecreekfarms.net. And yeah, just um, look us up there and be, be happy to answer, you know, whatever questions folks have or you know, if people want to share ideas or different ways, I'm, 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 I'm always being for that. That's excellent, man. Well, well, thanks again, guys, for listening. We're looking forward to bringing you guys another episode soon.